From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy. And yapping, 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 grand, just holding your hand. We're gliding along to the song of a wintry fairyland. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for sleigh What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill in Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, the Knolls know where they're going bowling. Hear from the coaches, hear from Ira Chauffel, all about the Cheez-It Bowl, Knolls versus Sooners. Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Monday's lunch special, you all know, it's, it's usually a victory burger. There's no victories to be had. Well, I guess we're going to a bowl game saying in Florida, so there's a victory for all of us, right? Go check them out. 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Daily lunch specials. Comes with the side. Only $8.99. The burger, Angus beef. It's good. You will not be disappointed. Tots, curly fries, straight fries, whatever you want. It's all available there. Round your plate. Feast your eyes on all the screens. Play some billiards. Challenge somebody to a game of darts. World's your oyster. Always. All the time. At Corner Pocket Bar and Grill off Appalachia Parkway. Correct, Corey? Disagree with anything I said there? Pretty no, you nailed so it. In a uh, also, uh, it's a good place for bowl season, Aslan. All the bowls will be on there. Uh, some of them, you know, even like the the early ones, like the I, don't, I can't even what famous are we the potato Bahamas bowl, bowl, the cure bowl, yeah, uh, bad boy the, bowers. Yeah, like when you're when you're watching the MAC teams, it's still football, right? And it'll be on at the corner pocket. You can bet your bottom dollar. Uh, Corey, myself, and I talked about our gave our instant reaction rather to the announcement of the Cheese It Bowl. You might have seen it already on YouTube. Our YouTube viewers, sorry, we're going to repackage it. We'll have it later on in the show, though. Uh, but again, Florida State, December 29th, Orlando. Is it still called the Citrus Bowl? No, Camping World Stadium. I'm sorry. Camping World yes, Stadium. I should on. know. I was there 2016. We'll start our season there next year as well. So it's Thursday, December 29th, 530. Uh, we are the first pick after the ACC gets its team into the New Year's Six situation. So with that... Uh, the Cheez-It Bowl selected the Florida State Seminoles, and they got from the Big 12, Oklahoma. Could have been worse, right, Corey? So I see a couple people, and I don't want to extrapolate too much. You see one or two people complain on the Internet. You don't want to think that means there's a large percentage. That would not be good for me. Um, but a couple people like, ah, we would have rather played Oregon. They're ranked in the Holiday Bowl. Wish we would have had Texas. They're not mm. even ranked Oklahoma. I'm totally fine with it, man. I'm excited. I think Oklahoma's going to pack out the city. Uh, I think good clashes styles, if you will, somewhat, because they got a good offense. Let's see if this defense can hold up against a good quarterback. We think Dylan Gabriel's going to probably play. Uh, I'm excited on the whole for it. Yeah, I am too. I think it's a it's a cool it's a cool matchup of two uh, powerhouse programs, or at least powerhouse brands. Hmm. Um, they're not. I would necessarily call them powerhouse programs here because uh, they are playing in the Cheez It Bowl. Um, but that being said, yeah, Florida State deserved a higher quality opponent for the season they just had. But we also have to keep in mind, like that's a weird complaint because it's 2022. You have no idea who even's going to be on that Oregon team when the game is played. It's you know it's opt out season, guys. If you're not playing in a in a playoff game, there's a good chance the really good players from Oklahoma or Oregon, maybe Florida State, 
won't play if they're if they're going to go pro. So I don't know, man. I think a bowl a bowl game is a bowl game, and it's at least a cool it's a cool brand name. You know, I, I'm I just think I think that'll be I think the Florida State Oklahoma that that'll get a lot of eyeballs, um, which is cool, man. It'll be another high profile, nationally televised, the only window only game in the window um, matchup for Florida State. It'll be what their fourth this year mm. with LSU, Louisville. Uh, Florida and now this one, yeah. uh, they, you know, they've won the first three um, in pretty exciting fashion. So maybe this will be a good one too, but I just think, look, it, there's really nothing to lose. I know it. Yeah. You don't want to lose to a six and 16, but it, again, it's an exhibition. I, I didn't have this opinion seven, eight, 10 years ago, but this is what college football is now. It's an exhibition uh, bowl games. Cause the, the, the it's going to be, I know, I know the way Venables was talking on Sunday afternoon, um, in a hastily arranged Zoom press conference. Good night. We got on there, though. War Chant was there, baby. Um, four minutes warning, and we were there, ready to go. Um, that, uh, that It sounds like they're going to be missing some starters, and they're going to have um, – I think their best player uh, on the offense is a tackle that's probably a first-round pick, and I feel like it was already kind of talked about – it was already assumed or he already said that he would not be playing – because, you know, that's what Venables was talking about. It's like, look, they're going to have to be going up against one of the better defensive ends in the country. So it's going to be a trial by fire real quick. Yep. He was talking about his young linemen. They have to get ready for this game. It sounds like they're going to have guys in the portal, guys that aren't playing, guys that are hurt. Well, just like every other team in the country. But, um, yeah, man, I just, you know, it'd be awesome to cap this season with a win. No matter if against 6-6 six and six Oklahoma or 8-4 and four Oregon. I don't know, man. I just The most important thing to me is it's in Florida. Not just because I don't like to fly and I want to drive. I think it's a really great chance for a lot of Florida State fans from around this state to go celebrate this team one last time. Well said. Well said, Corey. It's a, by the way, Wanya Morris. Wanya, not Wanya. Wanya Morris uh, is the offensive lineman you're talking about. Formerly of Tennessee, transferred over to Oklahoma, graded out mm. at 76.6. He was their highest graded out offensive lineman of the entire season. He did announce earlier uh, last week that he does plan on going into the NFL draft and opting out of the bowl game that was on December 2nd. So there you go. That'll help. And then shoot, maybe that maybe that uh, wets the beak a little bit of Jared verse then, right? Like, all right, that guy's gonna, that guy's going to be gone. And that makes maybe path of least resistance to putting on some more good tape. Although maybe iron wants to sharpen iron, but right. uh, on the whole though, I, I did find Brett Venables quite uh, reverential towards what Mike Norvell's done at Florida state and, and, yeah. the, and this, and this sort of matchup, uh, you know, Florida State not maybe getting necessarily the amount of national publicity they, they deserve at this point, being on what is it a five game win streak? Can't even keep track. Yeah, come all on, these Aslan. Yeah, they all stack together. Yeah. It's not twenty nine. We get it. It's only five, but it's still a nice streak. Yeah, seven straight games over two hundred yards. You know, Jordan Travis obviously looking as as great as he has. All the guys on these uh, all ACC teams. Patrick Payne, rookie of the year. They remain thirteen in the playoff. Um, you know. I think the dudes who know football, you know, even guys like Chris Felica, the Bear. I mean, him and Herbst were talking about, you know, if they did have a 12-team playoff right now, you don't want to play Flores. They definitely think Brett Venables has a lot of respect for not only Mike Norvell, but also Jordan Travis. I mean, the, the two pieces that have really turned things around here of late for Florida State. Oh, well, yeah. And, I, and I, I, he's got really an interesting perspective, a lot like Brian Kelly um, in the climb of Mike Norvell. Because, you know, I know they didn't get to play in 2020, Brent Venables, Clemson team against that horrible Florida State team, but they didn't know that until Saturday morning. So they watched film all week of that Florida State 2020 team. 
And he saw what a horror show it was. And he knew that, number one, Florida State was going to be lucky to score 10 points and Clemson could score 100 if it wanted to. Like, he knew how big a mismatch that was and how bad that program was. Um, so he saw, you know, he saw that film. He watched every play of that season. So, and then last year, they were losing with five minutes left. And now he sees, oh, they're 9-3 and three and 13th in the country, and they beat Florida and Miami, and they're beating the crap out of everyone not named Florida. This is, like, he, I think he really does appreciate it. I can't imagine how much film he got. He couldn't have watched any film by the time he was talking to us. I mean, they right. just found out they were going. But he's been keeping, you know, he's been keeping track from afar. He, it sounds like, it, it actually sounded like somebody gave him a real quick bio run of Florida State. Like, hey, here's some talking points. They're really good. And I'm not blaming them. How could he How could he have watched a lot of Florida State football? That said, they did play on a few nights where there was nothing else on. He might have been the Friday after Thanksgiving. He might have been feet up on the on the table watching the Knowles. Oh. That could have been something he was doing. But, yeah, I, I, he was very reverential about how he built it the right way, too. Um, that That's what he said. He's like, he built it the right way. He, got, he had his foundation, his vision. He went and got guys out of the portal that fit, but not any guys out of the portal that fit what he was trying to do. You, you could tell. I don't. I mean, I know coaches always talk up other coaches, but it really did seem genuine there because I think again, Brent Venable saw what that. Pro, yeah, well, he saw what it was absolutely. like in eighteen and nineteen too. Yeah. I mean, what, what were they up forty-two to nothing in nineteen, and then in two thousand eighteen they won fifty-nine to ten. So he's seen Florida State at its absolute worst. He knows what kind of problem. Mike Norvell had to try to figure out how to solve when he when he got to Tallahassee. And now he sees a 9-3 and three record, a second-place finish, a 13th ranking, and he knows, okay, yeah, because he saw it firsthand how bad this program was. And now, you know, you hope on December 29th he'll see firsthand how good it is. Yeah, right on, man. And uh, just to follow up a little bit more on some of the uh, – I got to the press conference late. Shout out to Corey of all dudes. He was the one that saw the email. Hey, he jumped on the press hey, conference. What, what does that mean? That I seemed mean, like know, a backhanded you, compliment. You're a father. You got a lady. Mm. You got two yeah. houses you got to tend to. You write columns. You're watching basketball. Eh, right, a lot on your right. plate this weekend. Not really. I think that you're thinking about Ira. Uh, but yeah, I yeah I I was just I got it on my phone and I'm like, wait, that doesn't say 4:15 like in four minutes from now. Yeah. Certainly, that's Monday or Tuesday. No, it was right then. But yeah. we did it. We made it. We, we got. We made it happen. By the way, shout out to Five Star. You'll hear from him shortly. Thumbs up, by the way, if you're listening to us on YouTube. Subscribe, rate, and review. And Ira well. asked uh, probably 30% of the questions. I mean, that's what he does, everybody. Press that's what he does, but it was awesome because we needed it because yeah. not everybody was raising their hand, and I was transcribing, so I wasn't asking any questions. I wasn't even on camera. So, uh, yeah, Ira did, Ira did his part as well. Crushed yeah, so it as usual. Wanya Morris and Anton Harrison, their starting tackles, Will not play. That, that was yeah. said on the conference call. Eric Gray, uh, their overall top-rated offensive piece, uh, running back, graded out at 90. Uh, he's wow. not going to play. Uh, and then defensive lineman Jalen Redmond is not going to play as well. So that's at least four dudes for sure. Uh, Redmond kind of middle of the pack in terms of uh, the grading on PFF uh, defensively for them. But all those other guys, I mean, starting tackles, number one running back, I mean, shoot, Jalen. Actually, Jalen Redmond's number ninth ranked guy defensively for them, eighth in terms of guys that have really gone over at least you know three hundred snaps this season. So, um, and they, they are not good on defense to begin. No, with. they are not. Uh, they are one hundred twentieth in yards allowed out of I think one thirty one. So one hundred twentieth in yards allowed, and mm -hmm. then ninety eighth in points allowed. They're allowing twenty nine point six. They're allowing four hundred fifty yards uh, this season. So. 
They got I a pretty decent offense, though, so it, you know it'll be fun. Let's. I think the over, but I'll I'll, I'll leave that to Jeff and Tom to, to guide you folks because I did horrible in my picks, which we'll get to. Yeah, later. yeah. Well, we, I think I finished five hundred on the year, which is we're not making money if we're doing that, are we, no, gang? Um, but yeah, going back to Oklahoma real quick, like yeah. Dylan Gabriel is their quarterback. He transferred from UCF after Caleb Williams transferred out. I still, man, I can't. I, what do Oklahoma fans think of? Uh, um, Lincoln Riley for doing that. I guess that's just what happens. Jackson State's about to experience it too. They were happy. I bet you they were. I can't imagine there, there was any. They were probably more. There's more joy in Norman, Oklahoma on Friday night than Salt Lake City, Utah. Close, right? Because yeah. how awful would it have been to watch that guy in a playoff his first season over there with, you know, taking maybe one of your two or three best quarterbacks of all time with him? That guy's a free. That quarterback's <laughs> nuts. Um, I, I can't tell you who I voted for for the Heisman, but I did vote on Saturday. Atta boy, atta boy. Um, and uh, you know, a few of my, a few of the people I voted for played uh, this weekend. I'll just say that. Um, but yeah, man, when you think about um, the, the Oklahoma's offense, they do have a good offense. Like they got crushed by Texas, but get Gabriel didn't play. When Gabriel plays, they keep it close and they score points. But when Gabriel played, they had their two starting tackles, mm-hmm. um, probably. And their starting running back, which they're yes. going to have. So also, and when you just think about it, and I'm not a handicapper, I'm not out here trying to tell you what, how to bet your money if you, if you do that. Um, but man, Florida State, I think, not only do I not think they'll have a lot of opt-outs, but they are playing for something. Like the, I, I, the, Mike Norvell mentioned it three times in his 12-minute media availability, about 10 wins. He's not shying away from that goal. He know he thinks that's a very important goal. It it is, I guess. It's a really nice feather in the cap of a, a fun season to get to ten wins, to double your win total in one year um, from five to ten. That doesn't happen a ton. Um, so, I think Florida State will have. They are going to be, mu- and it's it doesn't just matter third whatever. What's that day? Thursday? Yes. Thursday the 29th? Correct. It just it doesn't matter who is more invested Thursday at five thirty when when it's kicked off because you're on a football field, man. You don't want to get pummeled. You're probably Oklahoma's probably going to play hard. The guys that are there, but how invested are they the next two and a half three weeks? Because Florida State just feel the way they talk and the way he runs this program. I think they're they are aiming everything at getting to ten wins. I think it's what they're going to talk about. That's what they're thinking about, and it's going to matter to them. So motivation motivationally, Florida State has an enormous edge in this game. Now, it doesn't mean you can't lose it, but one team, new coach, sounds like a lot of the good players won't, won't be taking part. They didn't have a very good season anyway. They might be ready to just get it over with and get on to next year um, against a team that wants to finish a breakout turnaround season in style. It just feels like a pretty good matchup for Florida State. Plus, they have a horrible defense and you score on everyone you play. Yeah, really interested to see also how things play out starting today when the portal opens up. I mean, there could be other yeah. players from Oklahoma that might want to just you know find greener passers, if you will. Uh, so we'll have all that covered for you. Folks. Venables was real. I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. That's all at War Chant, though, gang. Mm-hmm. It's the portal's going to be wide open starting. It's like Christmas. Um, so yeah, be be on War Chant because it's going to be updating and it's going to be late breaking. It's going to be all day. It's going to be all week. Uh, so that's your portal destination. That's where you want to be. Um, getting all your portal news. But uh, it was funny when Venables was talking about that. He's like, yeah, he was talking about guys that were in the portal. And again, I haven't followed Oklahoma closely, so I don't know if he was talking about guys that have already entered the portal or guys that he knows will go. But he's like, look, some of them want to go uh, to other places because they want an opportunity to start. 
Um, and other guys just did not produce for us at all this year. Did, did, had no production at all on the field. Basically saying, good riddance, we don't need you anyway. It was just, it was, it was uh, interesting to hear a coach talk like that. Like, he was not upset at all, it did not seem like, by some of the kids that are in the portal or about to be in the portal. Yeah, I mean, I think even earlier in the season when they were going through their losing streak, I think even during one of his press conferences, he, he did kind of a, you know, if you don't want to be here, go ahead, leave. Uh, not even like those who stay will be champions. Just sort of like, if you want to leave, please go. We don't need you here. So I'm sure he's probably excited for Monday to come here and, and let these guys kind of show their cards, if you will. So, uh, But do check us out over on WarChant.com as we get you ready for all the happenings in and out of the portal. Your favorite athletes, meanwhile, they're striving to put themselves in winning position. I try to put myself in winning position. I did over at my bookie, put the over on the Michigan-Purdue game. Got some doll hairs on that one. But everything else mm. I picked for you folks, I missed out on. But uh, maybe you guys can help me out as we move forward. My bookie, though, has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. You can bet on the NFL, NCAA. Bowl season is going to be big. All you got to do is sign up at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WARCHANT. You can get a uh, deposit bonus of up to 10% on your first one. So use that promo code WARCHANT to claim a brand new deposit bonus designed for bettors that are looking to get their cash in and then get their cash out. Uh, Corey and I both had UNC plus nine, which would have been great if Cade Klubnick would have stayed on the sideline. Yep. He did not. He came in and was like, hey, man, I'm pretty good, everybody. I'm here. Thanks, Dabo, for sitting me the whole time. So. That's not what FSU fans necessarily wanted no, to see. Not really. Not really. You're kind of hoping DJ would go, I don't know, 18 of 34 for 250, three touchdowns, one interception, and then uh, Cade goes in the portal. Like, right. I'm never going to beat this guy out. i got to go somewhere else. But it, it apparently, I would assume DJ will be in the portal very quickly. Yeah. If it's not... If it's not this month, it'll be uh, before spring practice for sure. I went over. I'm seven and eleven on the year. Corey's nine for nine. He did get the Purdue game right. He took the seventeen points. Uh, mm. They did keep it within that margin. Uh, oh I took, yeah, they're good to get one. Good. I, I took Michigan. One. Thought they would be able to blitz by. They did not. And I also thought that maybe Dion would be a little bit, uh, you know, distracted with a possible job looming. But he trounced Southern by more than seventeen and a half points. So I yes. went over. Bowl season is mine. It'll be yours, too. Go to mybookie.ag. Again, use that promo code WARCHANT. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, now here's uh, Ira, Corey, and I talking about the bull when we first figured out about it, looking at some more of the, the bigger picture things and just how sought after Florida State apparently was because it took a while for the announcement to come down. So here now, Corey, Ira, and myself from earlier on Sunday. So after a two-year drought, Florida State back in the postseason, guys. First time they'll be in the postseason in the state of Florida. I think in six years since that Orange Bowl. The season will wrap up, Ira. We'll start with you because it's going to be part of the podcast, Wake Up Orchard with Corey and myself. Uh, the 2022 season will end where the 2023 season will pick up. That is in Orlando in the cheez Bowl against Oklahoma. Your thoughts on what this means for Florida State and wrapping up a, a pretty solid 2022. Yeah, I mean, I think as a fan, from a fan's perspective, I think it's about as good as you could have hoped for. I know there were a lot of people at FSU, uh, especially in, in the higher-up levels, who were hoping maybe even Tampa for that uh, Reliaquest 
uh, game, and uh, there's a chance that, that could have worked out. Uh, but I think Orlando is a good spot. I mean, the one downside, I guess, for Orlando is the fact that you do open the 2023 season against LSU in that same stadium. Um, so you end one season there, you start the next season there. But, you know, all things considered, again, you know, it's in the state of Florida. That was one of the big things people wanted. It's a marquee matchup. It's a chance to play a, a big brand name team like Oklahoma in a year where they look very beatable. So uh, so I think from all those standpoints, it, it, it works out well. Also, I think that's a that's a little bit overblown, right? Like, do you think there's going to be people that won't go to this game because they're going eight months later or vice versa? Like, well, I was going to go watch the LSU game, but I watched them play Oklahoma, so now I'm not. I, I think the, 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 the best case scenario was probably Jacksonville, just because you hadn't been there in so long, and it's not Orlando. But, man, it's a really good thing for this fan base to be in the center of the state where you know you're going to have a lot of fans that want to come celebrate this team. We get to paint the town red. Uh, two blue bloods going into Orlando there, Ira. Uh, this will be the eighth meeting between the two teams. Uh, first ever time they played, Florida State took them down in Jacksonville in the Gator Bowl back in 65. We all remember that one fondly, 36-19 and 19 since then. Uh, it's been all Sooners. Um, but just in terms of, I guess, being back here in the state of Florida for this kind of game, not going out to the Holiday Bowl, how big of a, a boon is that for this staff, you think, Ira, to be in the state of Florida for the entire month? They can focus on all their recruiting efforts and game prep and not have to worry about going cross country to play in a bowl game. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think that's a big benefit. You know, sometimes if you get a bowl game in Atlanta or, a, or in Miami or in, you know, another area where you w- want to do some recruiting, it can kind of work out pretty well. Uh, but I don't know that California is going to be a huge emphasis of what Florida State does in recruiting. Uh, and then, like you said, most of the recruiting they're going to do is in the Southeast. So you'd be going back and forth. So, yeah, I think it works out for every reason. Um, all, you know, now you may be able to have some guys at those practices. Uh, you might have high school coaches. Mike Norvell is a big uh, proponent of getting high school coaches to his practices. And I think bowl games are a perfect opportunity to do that. So, yeah, for a lot of reasons, I, I just think it, it it works out really well and for a lot of different reasons. Corey, I think like, you know, momentum, I think is overrated when you talk about bowl performance and what it means for, for the next season coming up. But just to focus on this season, if, if Florida State's able to close it out, 10 wins, Against an Oklahoma team, I mean, that brand, obviously not to their sort of standards here of late, but uh, what would it mean in terms of putting a bow on this 2022 season for you, do you think? Yeah, I think that's what matters most. I don't know about kickstarting the, the 2023 season. By the way, interestingly, isn't LSU in the other cheese at bowl mm-hmm. against Purdue? So they start, they finish their season where their season's going to start next year too. So each team's getting a look at uh, at Orlando uh, eight or nine months early, and, and that will be a much bigger game than these these bowl games. But yeah, I just think it would be a, a really cool finish for the, for this team to finish with 10 wins. I, I think that's all that really matters. It'd be a cool, it's a feather in the cap, much like I'd, I'd equate it to 2010. You know, that, that was a nice season for Jimbo in his debut season. It just felt so good to finish with that 10 wins, beat a SEC team. This time, if you win, you're beating a blue blood. I know it's not the Oklahoma of even, I don't know, last year, two years ago, they're, they're struggling and they have, they are terrible on defense. Um, but man, it would just be a really nice finish to, to start four, no three game losing streak, then, then rip off six straight wins to end the season and probably finish top 10 in the country. That is a great third year for Mike Norvell. And I think that's why to Corey's question earlier about the attendance, that's why I don't think it's going to be a big impact because I think this game is very much different from that next game. You know, if this was in the middle of five straight bowl appearances, yeah, I, you know, I could see that being a factor, but this is the first time in a few years Florida State's been to a bowl game. It's the uh, people fell in love with this football team, this particular team, and what this team has done this season. 
it would be a chance to win a 10th game. So, man, of course, people are going to go want to go to that game. And then on the other side, starting next season against LSU, that's going to be a big-time game. That may be a top-10 matchup. We don't know, uh, based on who all returns from both schools and who they get in the portal. And so that's, you know, I think on their own, they both are going to be very highly anticipated, highly attended games. So I, I agree. I don't think it's going to be a big loss either way. It also are bowl games that are played in Shreveport and El Paso. Are they really bowl games? Come on, gang. I know y'all had to, y'all went to, or I, or you went to both of them. I just was, I just got to enjoy Shreveport. But the point being, nobody was excited about those games. No, the, the, the fan base, I mean, I, there were a, a couple thousand maybe about those games, like diehard Florida State fans. This is this is the first bowl game that's felt like a Florida State bowl game, matchup wise, season wise, location wise, in a in a good long while. Well, since 2016 in six years. Ira, uh, this tweet here from the Cheez It Bowl. I mean, what, what does it mean for Florida State? I guess to, to ultimately go to this bowl game because uh, you know once a New Year's Six bowls pick theirs, uh, you know get their team slotted. Uh, this Cheez It Bowl, they had the first dibs on the ACC. And they picked Florida State. I guess that just maybe underscores how. Uh, saw this brand still is or maybe is, is back uh, in terms of relevancy. I mean, there's no doubt. I think every bowl in Florida wanted Florida State. The Orange Bowl would have loved to have had Florida State. I think the Orange Bowl people were not happy that Clemson uh, lost last week against South Carolina because that meant they were likely going to the Orange Bowl, which they are, and they're going to play Tennessee. And it's it's kind of a good game, and it helps them that Clemson looked good on championship weekend. But Clemson faded down the stretch, and their fans probably aren't all that fired up to go to a bowl game after being in all these playoffs. So. Uh, Flor- the Orange Bowl would have loved to have Fl- Florida State. Gator Bowl would have loved to have had Florida State. Uh, the Cheez-It Bowl. And, and also, I think ReliQuest. I think the Tampa Bowl would have liked to them. They just couldn't do it because of the way things worked out. So, yeah, Florida State, I think, would have been the top choice for any of these bowls in the state of Florida. It just worked out where Cheez-It kind of got their their pick. What happened two years after we played uh, the last bowl game in Orlando, Corey? Um. I don't know. Are you quizzing? Oh, they won a national championship. That's right. They beat Notre Dame, came back from, I think, a 14-0 deficit at halftime or 14-3 and beat them. They they played Wisconsin there a few years before that. So they have a history in Orlando with bowls. Um, and, they and you know, again, I just – I'm really excited about that. It's cool. I, look, no offense to Texas Tech, but when that name was being rumored about as being maybe the other team, I'm like, hey, all right. But Oklahoma just adds some juice. Now, I don't know how excited their fans will be to come watch this team on December 29th, but it does get them out of Oklahoma for the holidays. <laughs> so that and I, that's more of a weather dig than the state dig. I mean, you just get you, you're going to have nice weather, and it's Orlando. It's a destination city. So um, that, that maybe it'll be a, a real bowl atmosphere with 50-50, but I would think you would imagine, right, Ira, like 75-25? 80-20 Florida State fans. It might be hard to differentiate because the colors are so similar, but I really think Florida State's going to have, I don't know, 40,000, 50,000 people at this game. Yeah, I would think it'll be heavily favored to Florida State. Now, although uh, if Dylan Gabriel plays for, more, for Oklahoma, Ooh, he's got the, uh, right. the Orlando ins, might be fired up for their former guy. Uh, there's a lot of interesting subplots from that standpoint. I mean, like we said, this is an eminently winnable game. This is a six and six Oklahoma team. Like you said, it's really bad on defense. But when Dylan Gabriel's Gabriel's played, their offense has done well. Like that, yeah. the the game that stands out is that forty nine nothing to Texas. But he didn't play. Um, and the you know in the games he played, I mean they 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 lost a lot of those good games to Kansas State and TCU and Texas Tech. But they were in them. So I don't know that this is going to be. I think some people are thinking, oh, this is a great chance for Florida State to cruise to ten wins. But it's going to be a good game. 
clutch shots, the biggest hits. It's time for the Zaxby's Indescribably Good Player of the Week. You heard the man. Time for the Zaxby's Indescribably Good Player of the Week. Uh, we bid adieu to the soccer team who made it to the College Cup. They made it to the Final Four, but the defending champs will not ultimately be able to repeat. Uh, the volleyball team made it back to the national tournament. They bowed out quickly. Uh, but how about this basketball team? Nine and one start, the ladies, that is. Uh, Brooks got them playing, Corey. Tania Latson, you pointed her out several weeks ago. She just keeps on keeping on, man. 83-48 win over Stetson yesterday. She poured in 24 points. She has now led or co-led FSU in scoring in every single game this season. That's indescribably efficient, almost indescribably good. Shoot, it is indescribably good. So Tania Latson, freshman, my selection for indescribably good player of the week from our friends at Zaxby's. Yeah, she's going to end up – she already is. I, I've seen enough. She's the best player in school history um, after 10 games. I'll say it. I don't care. Ooh. And they've had some great ones. She's she the most talented, I should say. Okay. She's ridiculous. Go see her. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to stay on the hardwood. Okay. And I'm going to give them a little love because that was a tough week they had, having to play number five Purdue at number three Virginia. But Matthew Cleveland um, had another strong game, I thought. He was good against Purdue. He had 11 and 10 against uh, uh, against Virginia in Charlottesville in a five point loss. I have to imagine 10 rebounds is a career high. It's certainly a season high, and that's just what I wanted to see. The guy's competing, and he's competing on the glass. He might be starting to come around. I just appreciated the competitiveness of him and his teammates in that game to keep it close and be in the game in the final minute. But I feel like Matthew Cleveland is starting to come around. So he's he's my indescribably good uh, player of the week. But I feel like I described it pretty well. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, resiliency from Matthew and just efficiency out of Tanaya. Our picks, Tanaya Latz and Matthew Cleveland, our Zaxby's indescribably good players of the week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, man, we uh, talked about a lot about the hoops team. Hoops teams, plural. You want to talk hoops, Corey, or do we do enough talking hoops? Do we do enough we can do hoops? a little bit, just a little bit. They don't play for a week, and it's against Louisville. And, folks, if you think Florida State has been struggling this year, holy cow. Anyway, go ahead, Aslan. Um, yeah, I mean, shoot, you watched the game on Saturday. You know, listen, Purdue, they hung around the first half. They hung around first yeah. half. At the John Paul Jones Arena, but I don't know, is it depth? Is it lack of ultimate talent? I mean, what, what's holding them back right now uh, and what's not going to help uh, because they got some other news to pile on top of what they've already been dealing with here? Yeah, yeah, well, it's both those things. It's depth and, uh, you know, a, a lack of talent, dearth of talent. Uh, right. But, yeah, man, Cameron Fletcher, who might be their most talented player, um, is out for the year. He got hurt uh, toward his uh, – I don't know what – they didn't specify what the injury was. Looked like a lower leg injury at the end of the uh, at the end of the Virginia game, uh, maybe a knee. Maybe they even said knee. But I mean, it does matter to him. But for our purposes, Cam Cam Fletcher is out for the year. Uh, leading rebounder, probably the best athlete. He had been playing with a bad back anyway, yeah. um, but he hadn't been practicing. He just played in the games, and he had been struggling shooting. But he's still just I mean, he's just a good. He's just a very talented, athletic player, and he's out for the year now. 
Um, so probably your two best athletes, Jalen Ganey, the Brown transfer, and now Cam Fletcher are uh, done for the year. Baba Miller does come back in, I guess, three, four games. Uh, but by that time, you might be 3-11 and 11 or 2-12. and 12. Uh, But yeah, man, I just, I, I, I was encouraged. Until I got that news, until we got that news Sunday night, I'd been really encouraged by the last two games. They competed against better teams. They didn't just let, like, if they'd have played both that way against Nebraska in Siena, that they played against Purdue and uh, at Virginia, they don't want both those games by double digits. So at least they seem to find some competitive spirit about them. They defended better. They rebounded better. They still can't shoot. Uh, although Tom House came in and made a couple shots, and, and Darren Green's a very good shooter, but he's the only one. And then Cam Fletcher's probably their third best shooter, and he's done for the year now. So anyway, um, yeah, it's just going to be a long, long season. And I just don't understand, Aslan, who Leonard it ticked off, man. I, I don't get it. Like, which bas- why are the basketball gods so mad at my guy? They owe him for 2020 already. And instead of saying, our bad coach, you don't have much time left to coach this, to, to coach this wonderful sport. We're going to have some good luck come your way. No, they just cripple him with bad luck. Uh, the injuries last year were out of control, and then it's just kept going this way. And it's, it's just unfortunate. It's just going to be another long season for a guy that doesn't have a lot of seasons left. Um, so that's really kind of disappointing and frustrating. It's Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jeffrey Jordan, man. Just, he's holding a grudge. He's just he did some. Yeah, but he got him. that out of the way when he fired him. That, <laughs> so what, the, the, the grudge is done now. What's the exit? I mean, what are we trying to get out of this season? Is it just one of these seasons like, you know, Boston College? I mean, programs that are not Duke, Kansas, just don't deal with them. But everybody else pretty much does. Is it you just kind of had to I won't say grin and bear it, but. I mean, like, yeah, what is, not, what's the takeaway? What's the exit ramp for this team? There right isn't now? a lot. You know, maybe maybe you see something out of uh, Cleveland as he can. Look, he's played three three or four good games in a row now after being – he had an awful game against, I think it was Stanford uh, down in Orlando. Um, hopefully the football team can perform better in that city than the basketball team did uh, <laughs> around Thanksgiving. But uh, he's come back and played three or four – three at least three – strong games in a row now that he's been the kind of player we thought he was going to be when the season started. So that's been good to see you. I guess you're just looking for development Corhan, the the freshman, uh, Tom house, uh, the freshman Chandler Jackson, the freshman, you've just like, you've got 20 games of experimentation just to see which one of these guys you can depend on moving forward, what you see, who you like, how you build around them. And then Bob Miller comes and that gives you hope too. Now he's not Kevin Durant, He's not going to turn this thing into a tournament team. He's not going to average 30 a game. He will be the most talented guy on the floor most nights, but he's also really young and has never played at this level, so they're going to be in enormous growing pains. So, yeah, you just kind of hope those guys gel. Um, personally, I would I would keep Caleb Bills, Mills off the ball uh, as much as possible and let him just shoot and try to score. He was not good the other night at all, again. Uh, not sure what's going on there. So I just think, to me personally, you build around the young guys. You try to develop a young core that you can, uh, you, you know, complement them next year with some portal guys. They are going to have to raid the portal, um, I think, just to just to up the the talent level on this in this program. But that's it. Just hope the young guys have some nice moments, get some confidence, win a few games to feel good about themselves, compete, and then prepare for something much much better next year. Well, shoot, beat Louisville, then you'll be 500 in conference, and then you can build off that one. Again, also, Baba Miller, 
suspended for the first 16 games, which tracks out to being his, would make his return January 7th. 17th game of the season would be Georgia Tech. So yeah. something to look forward to. I keep thinking it's a, he, it's not a 14-game suspension. No. It's a 16-game? 16, yes. Half the – Oh, like, geez. Yeah. yeah. It's like 50% of the season or whatever. So that's what it works out to. All right. How about uh, something else to look forward to? Playoff? Are we cool with the playoff? I feel like we, yeah. we got it right. Or I'm I glad they seeded they it. got it right. I'm glad they seeded it to where Michigan doesn't have to face Ohio State again. I think Kirby will handle business. I think we'll get probably a rematch of the Orange Bowl probably in the championship game. Uh, maybe like, look, I, I think Ooh, the be- TCU guy, we got a horn frog guy in the house. I think Sonny it could Dykes, be, let's go. No, I, 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 you said the orange ball. I think it'll be, I think there's a, a decent chance. It's Michigan, Ohio state. Um, Oh, look, man. Oh, I think I, but I think they got it right too. Like you I, guys I, just I put up that, half a hundred on LSU. And, they and, also gave up 500 yards passing to LSU. Well, man, Garrett Nussmeyer is a gunslinger. Yeah, he's a gunslinger, man. They, they got a quarterback controversy in Baton Rouge, Aslan? So, Who's going to be starting against the Knowles in Orlando? That was He was impressive. Um, but, yeah, I, I just – look, Ohio State and Georgia, I, I think that spread is about a touchdown. Um, that That is not a cakewalk at all. Like, that's by far the best offense that Georgia will have faced. By far. And those guys are going to score a ton of points. And I don't always believe in Georgia's offense. Like, they look pretty good – obviously against LSU, but I don't, I don't believe that they're just going to you know, roll to 40, 45 points uh, against Ohio State. I think that'll be, I think that could be a, a really, really good game. Um, but yeah, I thought they got it right. Uh, and, you know, I would have thought, I personally probably would have had Michigan won hmm. uh, going into that, that weekend anyway, because I just think that win at Ohio State was the most, by far the most impressive win anybody had all season. But they got the final four right, man. And I know I ripped Dabo a lot. Some people might have seen this tweet I had on Sunday. I don't I know. I liked it. I liked the I ripped, tweet. Yeah, I, I ripped Dabo a lot for a lot of different reasons. But he was asked, I was watching the huddle, which is the post-game ACC show on the ACC network, by the, on Saturday nights. It's a good show, mm-hmm. by the way. We should have given him more props this year. Like that one show on the ACC network is really well done. It's got EJ. It's got Mark Richt. Uh, it, it's just it's it's a it's a good studio type show. Although this time they were in Charlotte for the championship game, and they asked Dabo. He gave Dabo a chance to say because we had all seen Nick Saban Ugh. just being, just I mean that's such a, a yuck. It it's just beneath it, it, you, Nick. You're better. It, than exactly that, right. It was absolutely beneath you to politic. But anyway, um, he was asked. Dabo was asked like, "Hey, you're the conference champions, and you have two losses, and you're the conference champion. Make your case." for why Clemson should maybe be included in the four-team playoff ahead of teams that didn't win their conference championship, didn't even play for him. And he basically shook his head and smiled and said, we had our chance, um, which is the exact right thing. They did. They didn't deserve to be in the playoff. No. Neither did Alabama. And Nick Saban going on ESPN and Fox after the big – like Fox having him on after the Big Ten game was just nutty. Yeah. And him bringing up point spreads. As if that's how you saw. Pr- pr- like, Who'd be favored if we had these imaginary matchups? I'll ask yourself that. Like, what? But it's like, but Nick, I, I, I wish one of the announcers would have been, Nick. What if TCU had won today? You'd still be favored against them. Are you saying out ten and two Alabama deserves to be in over thirteen and zero conference champ TCU? Because you're, if it only matters about point spreads, you would be favored the same no matter what their record was. Or, in fact, really what your record was. Like, Nick, if you had somehow not beaten 
that great Texas A&M Aggie team, if your team had not shown so much fortitude to, to hold on against Jimbo's incredibly talented, incredibly good Aggie team, and you guys were 9-3 and three instead of 10-2, and two, you'd still be favored over TCU by 14 points. Since when is that a talking point? Who's favored? Florida State would have been favored over all national champions in the 90s. Every single one. I don't remember Bobby Bowden ever doing anything like that. I know y'all want to put Washington and Miami against each other, but are they going to split the title? Or Georgia Tech's playing Colorado. We'd be, well, they didn't do that either. Georgia Tech played Nebraska. Colorado played, I was thinking of the teams that split titles yeah, in the, yeah, yeah. but you know what I meant. I uh, but we'd have been favored over any of them. It's like, man, that's just, that's not how you judge. That, that's just not how you, how sports has ever been decided. Yeah, man, you're also favored against Tennessee. You were favored against the other team you lost to. LSU. You lost to the LSU team that just gave up a half a hundred to Stetson Bennett. And you're going to sit there on national television and talk about how you deserve to be in the playoff. Go! I'm done. Okay. I'm done. That's a wrap. I'm glad I got it off my chest, though. I'm glad I got it off my chest. And congrats to Dion, former yeah. Noel, getting a head coaching job in the Power Five. Power Five, yeah. Colorado. Um, that room. No news not- on Travis Hunter yet, right? Yeah. He has not announced where he's going. He is certainly, folks, Probably not going to stay in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. There is a bidding war for my man's services that uh, probably started, I don't know, 11 p.m. Saturday night. Yeah. So I uh, that roster is being called the worst roster in Power 5. And not to judge a book by its cover. My parents didn't teach me that. But, man, if you see the video of him talking to those guys in their auditorium, it's, it's like, is this like a sports management class and Dion's the guest speaker? <laughs> like, are these just regular undergrads just yeah, trying to get three credit too. hours? Like, that does not look like a real physical football team, yeah. does it? Not the buffs, Yikes. man. Not the buffs. So, uh, best of luck to him. But it, he's, uh, it's funny. There's a lot of themes that we like around here that Mike Norvell talks about that he talks about. It just in, in a different way he delivers it. So, we'll see if it all works out for him. Um, I, we'll be watching like Hawks, some of us, some more than others. The portal opens today, though, Corey, mm-hmm. and there's a couple guys like Stan. I don't know if guys from Stanford to come all the way over here, but man, uh, you know, one of the guys that got kicked off or suspended indefinitely in College Station, defensive back uh, Denver Harris, who was a midseason All-American according to some publications. Okay, he's put his name in the portal. Okay. Um, Man, he, he graded out really good according to PFF. It, it's going to be really interesting this season. Was he one of the guys that was smoking the weed in the I locker room so. after the loss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. well, it's it's not a – I don't so, know the whole allegedly, story, Allegedly, allegedly, Corey. Also, we don't know the whole story. We don't. You know, he. I don't know that – was it completely disrespectful? Yeah. Um, was it just, you know, to calm his nerves after another tough loss? Like, yeah. we, we don't know what was going on there, but uh, not a great look. But, you know, we don't know the whole story, do we, Aslan? We don't. Um but there's going to be just new names that are going to be popping up. It's crazy to, to think about just how much, you know, possible turnover there could be again. Um, and the good thing is that you really can trust the heck out of the staff, at least when it comes yep. to evaluating guys that are going to fit in instantly. So, you know, we talk about how exciting the playoff is going to be two years from now. They're going to expand to 12 teams. And, you know, maybe I'm not the biggest I'm, – I'm a player – health advocate but maybe I'm not a player monetization advocate but I do believe they should be able to move around uh, they should have the freedom to do that when we see coaches leaving in the middle of the night I mean quite literally here this past weekend um, but maybe this maybe this sort of free agency actually will be kind of a cool thing to keep tabs on there's gonna be so many names though out there and 
it's yeah. going to almost be up to you at home to figure out if this makes sense or not. Because just because a kid like, oh, a linebacker from Stanford, like that makes sense. Well, does it really, though? Is he going to leave and come all the way over here? I mean, possibly. I mean, he's a captain, like led them in tackles. Uh, but there's going to be just so many possibilities and options that it's just going to fuel just how optimistic you feel about Florida State next year, despite who they might lose. Yeah, I, 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 th- I absolutely. I, I think that, again, I think the thing, the most important thing you said was the first thing you said, that you can trust this staff. Um, they, 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 have, they are hitting at a really exceptional rate. Um, and that was when they were selling the product of the last five years. Now they get to sell the product of this year. They get to sell the product of that nationally televised sellout against Florida. Being sold out against Boston College. The, the way half the stadium in New Orleans being Florida State fans. All of that, the way they play, all the big, all the big plays they have, they're just everything that they, uh, the, the 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 way they're progressing, the way they're climbing, Aslan. I, I just think there's so much to sell that I'm just more interested in what the numbers are, how many they take, and again, you can get on the, you can get a, go to War Chant, uh, Langston, Ira, maybe myself at times, Gene for sure. We'll we'll all be updating. Uh, Austin will be updating. Uh, just. The site, obviously, but also the portal, who's coming, who's going, because the Florida State's going to lose some, too, now. Um, but, yeah, I just think you have to trust uh, this coaching staff. And I think when you get on, you can get on the message boards and talk about needs and everything, I still think, and I think you think this, too, the biggest needs by far to me, by far, are the front seven. And yeah. I think they need, yeah. I, the, you know, they, it's not like they're Georgia. They need help everywhere. But maybe not running back and maybe not receiver, but everywhere else. If there's a dynamic receiver, you would even certainly be like, yeah, all right, okay. But, um, you know, maybe one offensive lineman. I think you need I think you need at least three guys out of the front seven. I think you need at least two defensive linemen, probably three. And I think you probably need a linebacker as well, maybe two. Uh, because, yeah, I just think you need, you don't have depth there. Not, not the quality depth that you want to try to go compete with the Alabamas, Georgias, and Clemsons of the world. What about we lose Fabian, but we add Dominic Lovett, leading receiver from Mizzou, 846 yards. He put his name in the portal. Just here as we were recording the show, DJ Uwe Ungalale officially now in the portal. Man, I called that. Yeah. I called that 15 minutes ago. I didn't even yeah. know that happened. Yeah. What yeah. A, I mean, the kid, I mean, what a – I get it. I get what, he, what he's doing. But, man, I would have waited a little bit. That looks like – that to me looks like, oh, you're gonna bench me, and this kid's no, gonna be awesome. Well, screw you, it's I'm out. Obviously, I, mean, I he doesn't have it, man. He, yeah, I know, but he he maybe he even realizes, man, I'm just not as good as this guy. Yeah, I, but it, to me, when it's that quick right afterwards, and you're not gonna probably be there for the bowl, that to me seems like a little more petulant. Like I'm just mad. I'm just mad that you benched me after two series. It's st- I'm man, leaving. Corey, it starts on Monday, man. He he wants to go somewhere and probably play football. Good point. You got to get your You're a good point. You good point. Sorry, DJ. I get it. I get. It. I was just saying as an old man how it strikes me, but that's that's probably that's probably accurate. And how about hey, this? He gem- played well in Doke. Maybe take a flyer on him. I mean, shoot, he he did well in the stead of Trevor Lawrence and kept them around and make it to a playoff. That's right. That's right. He'd be a good backup quarterback to Jordan. You're right. Uh, And if I may read this quote from a Brian Howell, beat writer for the Colorado Buffaloes and the Boulder Daily Camera, which is crazy. There's a newspaper called the Boulder Daily Camera. Is that just some sort of blog? Anywho. I don't know. Quote, tweet. Colorado Athletic Director Rick George was asked how Colorado University came up with the money to hire Deion Sanders. He said, quote, we don't have the money yet, but I know we'll have it, so I'm not worried about that piece. 
I think that's a good way to end the show. <laughs> so that is that. <laughs> we'll try to do a live show possibly this week. We'll definitely have a Renegade Express. Uh, and do stay connected for real uh, with us on warchant.com because, again, the portal is opening up. And, you know, there's been names. People might be like, well, how did the guy from Michigan? How did their backup quarterback? How is he already committed to Iowa? Well, Caden McNamara was a grad transfer. FCS Division II grad transfer guys were allowed to go ahead and announce and then get pursued and, and recruited legally. Uh, backdoor dealing is probably going on in the interim sure. here. But now that it's December 5th, underclassmen, Travis Hunter maybe, they can go mm, yep. ahead and put their name in the portal and become re-recruited once again. So we'll be on top of that for sure uh, from the top of the day to the from sunrise to sunset because uh, Tom will be up in the morning checking everything out and Austin and Ira and Corey and Gene and Michael and yep. I'll, I'll tap in probably around like 10.30 or so. So be there, warchant.com. Check us out. As well as the Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock, 93.3 FM, as well as YouTube. For Corey, I am Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Board Jam, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Please rate, review, subscribe. We'd appreciate it. Have a great one.